James chapter 1. Let's go ahead and jump right in. We're going to read the first four verses. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes who were dispersed abroad. Greetings. Verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I want us to notice a couple things here. First of all, we need to note that James does not say, consider it all joy if you encounter trials. Consider it all joy if you run up against hardships, if you run up against difficulties, if you encounter trials. But what does he say? When. Friends, it's a given. When. When. We're all going to have trials. We are all going to walk through difficulties. It is a guarantee. There's no guarantee in the Word of God that says Christians are exempt from hard times or difficulties. What's promised is we don't have to walk through them alone. And that we can trust God and we can trust the ways that He will turn it and use it and strengthen us. Even the stuff that doesn't make any sense. When? that verse again in verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result. Let endurance have its way. What James is saying is don't fight it. Don't fight it. Let it have its way. Let endurance have the perfect result in you that God desires. You want to know one of the one of the common ways that we don't let this happen? That we that we don't let endurance have that completed work in us? I think one of the simple, deceptive ways we do it is to assume that all the difficulties we face are an attack of the enemy. That's not true. Every difficulty that we face is not an attack of the enemy. Hey, I, I, we're going to get to a passage that says, Submit yourself, uh, there, therefore, to the Lord. Resist the devil, and he must flee. So, hey, I, man, I resist the devil. I rebuke that sucker. But there's times, you know, we rebuke stuff that isn't the enemy. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to, to be strengthened and to press on. Why is that bad? Because when we think it's the enemy... What's our, what's our instinct? Right? When we think it's the enemy, we fight. So we're so busy in this mindset, this stance of fighting. But when we know it's the Lord, we do what? We trust and see. When we know it's the Lord, we trust and see. Lord, I let my guard down. The enemy is okay. Let's, let's fight that sucker. But if we're blaming everything on the devil and not seeing the opportunity that God has for us to press through to, to grow in character and endurance, when, when, when we go, okay, I don't feel like I'm under spiritual attack. This doesn't, this doesn't have that, that feel. But man, it sure stink. And it sure is hard. So what do I do? I seek and I trust. I 
seek the Lord and I trust Him. Let endurance have its work. Don't fight it so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. When endurance doesn't have its perfect results, then we cannot be complete. When we don't let endurance have its perfect results, we lack. The result is us living in lack. Lack of what? First and foremost, lack of character. We're going to see that endurance is meant to bring about godly character. And if we don't let the work of endurance and perseverance have its completed perfect work, then the result is we are in lack. And what we're in lack of is character. Godly character. Tried and true and tested character. How do we try it? How is it true? By coming through. By walking through. By enduring. When it doesn't have a perfect result, then we can't be perfect? We can't be perfect? What a strange thing. Perfect. James, the half-brother of Christ, is talking about us being perfect. Doesn't James know that we can't be perfect? Yes, yes he does. James is completely aware that we can only be imperfect when we lose ourselves in time and place. He knows that. And if we're too busy fighting him and fighting what he wants to do, we won't have this. We won't have this perfection. The only way we can have perfection is in that pursuit of Christ. The only perfect way. See, sometimes the devil comes at us with the real obvious things and we, we know it's a fight. Sometimes he's more subtle. And sometimes he's just not involved at all. This is why it's important to have a relationship with Jesus. To seek him, to know him, to ask him. And, you know, last week I, I made a statement. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm preaching or not, but the Holy Spirit will let me know in the next 30 seconds. And he let me know. Like, right before, I mean, I, I think I already knew. Guys, we, we can have communion and fellowship with God. God talks to us, and we talk to him. He, he's our father. He's, he's a person. What good father is totally silent and gives their kids a silent treatment? You can't call him a perfect father if he gives you the silent treatment. You can't get, you can't call him our perfect father if our belief is that he doesn't talk to us. Because that is not perfect. That is neglect. And our God does not neglect us. When our faith is tested, our endurance has a chance to grow. And when our endurance is perfect, when it is fully developed, the word says that we will be complete, lacking nothing. God knows that we will have troubles. And his plan includes us coming out of those troubles strengthened. I'm not one of these guys, and if you've been here for a while, you know this. I'm not one of those guys that attributes everything to the will of God. When horrific things happen, it is ignorant to say that's the will of God. Because God's will is not sin. God's will is life. 
God's will is salvation. God's will is not sin. There were, we've, as a community, we've endured some horrific things. And people go, oh, I don't understand, you know, why that's God's will, but, you know, it, no, it's not. It's not His will. It's not His will when, when, when someone murders a child. And we had that in our community in a horrific national news fashion last year. That was not God's will. But here's the thing. If we have placed our trust in Jesus Christ, then what we say to God is, in my life, would you be? See, there's lots of times out there God does not get his way. Do you guys, do you guys all believe that? But there's lots of times God does not get his way. The word of God says he desires that not one would perish. People die every day and don't know his love and his grace. So, so every day God goes without getting his way. But in my life, my strive is, Lord, have your way today. What do you want to do today, Lord? Have your way. I yield to you. I submit to you. You're the king. You're the boss. You call the shots. And I trust it and I wouldn't have it any other way. And I trust this plan. Please hear me. It is God's plan that those troubles are not wasted. It is God's plan that the hardships we endure are not wasted because he has purpose in them. And that purpose is for us to come through with endurance and to come out of it stronger. With more endurance and stamina and strength and able to use the greater weight. Man, we, we would shudder if we sit there and took inventory of our lives and said, how many difficulties have we gone through that have been wasted because we didn't give God our we didn't live a life yielded in submissiveness, saying, God, have your way. Guys, what a shame. What a shame. Let's not let our hardships... What if we have to repeat those hardships because we didn't learn from the opportunity the first time? Let's take a second and pray. Lord God, we don't ever want to do that, Lord. We always want to learn from the hardships. We have difficulties. And nobody in this church is asking you to, to put on some goofy looking face and pretend like life is perfect and all is well and there, there are no troubles. I have a little clip here to illustrate this point. Any opportunity I have to show a clip from a 1980s movie, we're taking it. All is well. All is well. Everything's okay. Then the heat gets turned up a little. All is well. That's not what we're asked. We're not asked to be fools. We're not asked for some to, to give some phony Christianese. I speak English, and I used to speak Christianese, and I stopped speaking Christianese. What's Christianese? Hey, how you doing? Oh, blessed, Lord, you're blessed. If you're truly going through hell, you just want to put on a good face and say, blessed, blessed. No! If you're going, if it's rough, you'll be like, you really want to know? Uh, 
Yeah, I do. We're not we're not asked to just have this blind all is well. What we're asked by the Lord to do is to say, I trust Him. And my circumstances aren't well, but my soul is well. Because I trust Him. We get to that song, it is well. It is well with my soul. Circumstances are horrendous. The circumstances are horrendous. But I trust God. That's what we're asked. No one's asking you to fake it until you make it. That was a phrase. That was a phrase. That's Christianese. That was Christianese. It was used in the 70s. Fake it. And usually with a southern accent. I was born in North Carolina. Fake it till you make it, brother. Just fake it till you make it. No. Golly gee, that sounds so stupid. And even worse in the southern accents. We're not supposed to fake it so we make it. We're supposed to run to him. We're supposed to run to him. You know, last night in our time of worship, it was so cool. You know, I just started singing out, Daddy. Daddy. Daddy, I love you, Daddy. You're awesome, Daddy. You're the, you're the strongest, Daddy. And I was just singing out this intimate song to my daddy. Guys, any of us can do that. We can, we can call out to our perfect father and whatever term of affection that we have. And we can trust him. He's not asking us to fake it till we make it, but he is asking us to have an intentional, faith-filled outcome that comes from our belief that God loves you and that he is good. An outlook that comes from your knowing Guys, I say this all the time. I, I don't always know the Lord's deliverables. I don't always know his methods. And I usually don't like his timing. But I always know his heart. I always know his heart. He is good. There's no bad in him. There's no sin in him. Jesus bore all of God's wrath, so there's no wrath in him. He is good. So I always know his heart. I just don't always know. His plans, his deliverables, his timing. So I trust him, but I also go to him a lot. Help me understand. Lord, I'm not questioning your deliverance. Lord, I'm not asking you to justify yourself to me because you're God and I'm not. And you don't owe me an explanation. But Lord, I'm asking, can you can you increase my understanding so I understand? Can you help me see? Can I just get a glimpse of, of where you're taking me? I, I I will trust you one step at a time. But Lord, let me see. Let me he answers those prayers, friends. He answers those prayers. He responds to those prayers. The ones that he doesn't respond to are why. He doesn't. I'm just being honest. Read the book of Job. He doesn't respond to why questions. Why are you doing this? Why am I going through this? Why, why, what? And he doesn't respond to why. Because I'm God and you're not. Trust me. God's plan includes you and I growing. God's plan includes you and I growing. My youngest is nine. And she's the baby of the family. And there's times I say, baby, you're a big girl. Don't talk like that. It's, it, you're smart. Talk like a big girl. 
we act in childish ways, I can just see the Lord doing that. Come on, you're, you're a big boy. You're a big boy. Don't act like that. Come on, don't respond that way. I've grown. God's plan is for you and I grow. And we can't grow without walking out some tough times, some tough things, while looking the whole while to our Father who provides. I'm sorry if you don't like that. But you're not alone, because I don't like it either. I, I love the thought, because I'm, I'm 43. I'm a man. I love the thought that, you know, I've, I've learned and I've grown. So the, the hard things, I, I've experienced some hard things. So thank God this character is sterling. God's not done. His plan for me includes more growth, more maturity. You know why? Because I think he wants to use me in some ways that require more growth and more maturity. He wants to use you in some ways that require that as well. We have to keep in mind that our Father cares and he provides. We don't rejoice because we are suffering. We rejoice in our suffering. We don't rejoice because we're suffering. We can rejoice in the midst of it if our eyes are set on God and we trust that he will carry us through. There's a huge difference, guys. Right? One makes us look incredibly silly. One is the start of maturity and additional growth. We can grow if. This is an if-then statement. We can have Incredible growth and opportunity if we obey, if we submit, if we trust, if we learn, if we endure. So why should you have to endure? Why? Why should I have to endure? It's a fair question. Why should we have to endure? good news is scripture has an answer for us. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. The author and perfecter of my faith. I personally, of my faith, of your faith, of our faith. Who for the joy set before him did what? Jesus joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Please leave this scripture up for a while. I want to leave that up while I'm talking. What is the joy set before us? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him. So what was the joy set before him? I guess the better question would be, who, who is the joy set before him? You, me, we are the joy set before him. He endured for us. Endured shame. Endured the cross. Endured death. Endured abandonment. Endured betrayal. Am I hitting home yet? 
Anybody here ever endured a little betrayal? Anybody ever here endured anger? So did Jesus. And he did it for you and I. Why do we have to endure? Because we we see the result of what happened with Jesus in people. He's our perfect model, our perfect example. What's the end result of Jesus enduring? He died. He rose from the grave. And he sits down. Seated at the right hand of the Father. Why is he seated? Because it's done. Because it's finished. And when you're done, you can flop down and rest. It is done. He left nothing to change. That's why he's seated. Not because he's tired. Because it's done. It's completed. It is finished. Jesus endured. And we must endure. See, Jesus' victory that he now walks in is our triumphant freedom. Didn't just come through his death. Right? It came through his life. It came through his resurrection. It came through the fact that he conquered death, rose from the grave, and is alive today. You guys, when we think about Jesus, let's not think about um, little blue transparents, you know, blue green transparents, uh, Yoda and Anakin and uh, Obi Wan Kenobi sitting on Ewok Bridge. Oh, that's what Jesus. That's like what Jesus is. No, those guys died. Those guys are dead, and they're also characters from a from a franchise movie. Jesus is alive. He's not dead. And he's not some transparent waving figure just squeezed into the end of the movie to evoke a warm fuzzy. He is alive. We can't visualize him as anything but alive. We don't speak to the memory. We talk to the living God. The living, loving God, Jesus Christ. There's a, I'm a product of the 80s. And the 80s Christian music is really bad. Young people, you've got it so good. Trinity, I don't ever want to hear complain about Christian music. You young people, I'm talking to you. All of you. Because Christian music was just horrible when I was a kid. And it, it progressively got better. And there was an artist named Carmen. And Carmen, you know, I'm not bad mouthing Carmen, you know, but it was, it was, come on, it was bad. You know, it was, but it was the best we had. So we had Striper and Carmen. If you don't know who they are, YouTube, Striper. Black and white, butt pants, rocking about Jesus. Okay. But Carmen had this song called The Chanted. And, uh, it, it was, all this analogy of the fight, the fight taking place between Jesus and the devil. And there's this fight taking place, and it's, it's a round-by-round round account. It's this slugfest. And then at one point, Jesus drops his guard. And the devil lands the knockout punch. And, and Jesus Dead. 
instead of the final countdown coming one, two, three, starting ten, nine, eight, seven. And the devil starts freaking out. No, no, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. It doesn't go that way. Six, five, four, three, two, and at one, Jesus emerges, just explodes triumphantly, risen from the grave, our champion. It's, it's often, even though most of the Carmen songs are cheesy, that one is incredibly powerful. Our God is alive, and he endured for us the joy set before him. You guys, I promise you, if we will endure for him and make him the joy set before us, rejoice, have joy in the midst of suffering. If we make him our joy, we can endure. Because Jesus did. You see how it just ties together. Guys, there's no completion without endurance. There's no completion without endurance. And endurance is not automatic. It just doesn't come automatically. It's not automatic. Endurance is like a muscle and needs to be patiently exercised, evaluated. This isn't going to be a shocking statement. I don't run. I don't jog. I don't run. I don't. And I'm Clearly not the only one in the room that doesn't run, but I don't like to run. If I was asked to run just as short as to the community center and back, which those of you who run would be like, that's a breeze, I want to go sweat. If I was asked to run to the community center and back, I would be in pain, I would be hurting, my lungs would be exploding, I would feel aches and pains for days. Why? Because my body lacks this type of exercise, and because of it, I am weak. My body is weak. It lacks strength. It lacks stamina. Endurance must be developed in us. It must grow. I get up and do jogging with Jesus, and we have jogging with Jesus, and we do have jogging with Jesus at Boys and Shop. If I actually went to that, the first time I did it, I would Die. I mean, not, not literally die. If I did, he might. We'll see. But it would hurt. But the next time, not much. And the next time, not much. And I would develop endurance. Kind of gee, stand right there. Logan in the back has a crazy workout routine. We need, we need to do some of that crazy stuff you do. It needs to be developed. We must grow. If we want to be able to run the race, we must have endurance. We must have stamina. We must have staying power. To stand the race, we, we got to have strength. And it's got to be developed. And how is it developed? By letting endurance have its perfect result. See, most people don't like the book of James, and especially don't like this passage right here, because none of us like him. But we focus on 
the pain not only in his own life. And that's why we don't like this book, because we don't want to focus on, don't tell me I'm going to have hardships. And then don't tell me I've got to endure it. But if you can focus on what God wants to be in this life. Second Timothy 2.15, there's a passage that, there's a word that James uses in, in chapter 1, verse 12 of, of James. So James 1.12 says, this, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That word approved is dokimos. And it's the same word that Paul would later embrace and that Paul would use in 2 Timothy 2.15 when he says, be diligent to present yourself dokimos. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. That word dokimos, it was a banking term because there was so much corruption in, in, in the money changing that, that people would take the coins, just a crude coin from a crude press, and they would shave. They would shave the edges and, you know, and keep that, and then they would put that, that shaved version back into circulation. To the point where it got whittled and whittled and whittled and whittled down. So these little nubs of money were being exchanged. And someone who was dokimos, someone who was approved, would not accept a counterfeit, and they would not put a counterfeit back into circulation. They wouldn't accept a counterfeit, and they wouldn't cut corners. Guys, if we want to have endurance with the Lord, we cannot cut corners. You want to be approved? It's not, it's not about earning his, his favor, favors upon him. It's about not cutting corners. It's about living our lives true and genuine and trustworthy. And we don't put stuff into circulation that's not true, and we don't receive junk that's not truth into our lives. And this is what James if we persevere, we will find ourselves approved. Because this series, Vital Christianity, is what, what I named this. And this book is all about it. We have to be everyday Christians. And you know what's, you know what's ridiculous? That, that right there, what I just said, goes against a church growth pattern that says you can't put that kind of pressure on them. You can't tell them that they've got to do that kind of thing. Guys, I don't care about a church growth formula. I care about my king and advancing his kingdom. And we have to be everyday Christians. Everyday Christians. Every day we seek him. Every day we need him. Every day we love him. Every day. We have to grow. We have to grow. We have to mature, right? You guys can't mature, and we cannot grow if we only come to him when we need something. If we only come to him when we're being squeezed and it's tight, and oh my gosh, now I'm going through something difficult, so now Lord, bail me out of this. You didn't bail me out of this. You stink, God. You failed me, God. That's immature. That is childish. We don't only come to God when we need something. Otherwise, when we're pressed and squeezed, we're going to blame him because we lack the maturity to walk through something difficult. Are we hearing this? This is everyday vital Christianity. we got to walk it out because we're going to have 
difficulties, but you know what? Man, I want to go through the fire if I can be used in the hands of the king. I want to be strong if I can be used to advance his kingdom. I want to have testimony that I went through difficult things, but God carried me through. And my life is a testimony that I didn't break, so you can make it too. I want to encourage us with this also. I paused. Was do I say this or don't say this? Do I say this or I don't say this? We're gonna go ahead and say this. Okay. I want to challenge you not to be a once a month Christian, once a month attender at church. I just hear my heart. I think there's growth opportunities every single week, and I'm not judging, and I'm not. I know there's times I, I've got to be at church. I need to be at church. I need to be strengthened by Him. There's other times I'm chomping a bit. I can't wait to be at church. I just can't wait to worship. But when I come, and here's what I want you to hear. When I come to church, it's not just about me. I come going, Lord, you need me to touch a brother today. Lord, you need me to encourage a sister today. See, if we make coming to church just about us, that's immature. It lacks growth. We come for the king so that his kingdom is strong. And while I'm here, if I can encourage a brother, awesome. If I can pray for somebody, awesome. Maybe that opportunity is not there, so I just worship the Lord. And that's that's not a consolation prize. Got more, and I'm just going to close. It's a series, so I can preach it later. What's what is my landing point? When I prepare a message, I always have a landing point. I don't want to. I don't want to close the service. We're still in the air. We're still circling. What's our landing point? To have a different perspective, a more mature perspective on the hardships we're through. We don't celebrate because we're going through something difficult. That's as foolish as Kevin Bacon there sitting there shouting, all is well. But we celebrate and we have joy because God is faithful to take us through it. But not just take us through it, but the whole time he's using it. He's strengthening us. Character is being forged. Endure. Endure. There's no victory without endurance. We must endure. You, you could have the greatest marriage that's ever existed if you'll fight through the hard times that you might be going through and look to Jesus and endure. The end result could be a testimony for ages because you endured. Because you looked at Jesus and you trusted him and you were willing to go through the difficulty and not quit, but to stay in the fight and endure. There is no victory without endurance. Jesus endured the cross, and the result is victory. We endure the things we do, grabbing hold of Jesus who guides us through. Amen.